everybody needs to get involved. If you have a stake in the game, and even if you don't, if you want to travel using short-term rentals and just be a traveler and have that option in the future, you need to know that there is a role for you to play in ensuring that sustainable future. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my man and brother from another Mr. Mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? What's up, brother? How are we How doing? How's everything, man? Are you ready for this hotel to open or, or what's going on? Yeah, we, uh, we've got lined up? Board of Health inspection today, just got the electrical sign off, and we're going to get the, uh, the CO, I believe, tomorrow, and then we should be yeah. able to open Monday. So we're excited, man. We're it's really happening. excited. It's happening. Yeah. You have all the X's on the floor to tell people where to stand. So yeah, my, uh, my wife and lovely compliance officer has <laughs> gone COVID crazy all over this place. I got more hand sanitizers and signage than uh, I don't even know. So hey, we're, that, we're that, looking good. That should build into the equity of the property, though, how things are going nowadays. Yeah, the amount seriously. of hand sanitizers that you guys have, you know? Yeah. I have but, to keep one on every desk, right? Get, like little kits everywhere. It's <laughs> ridiculous, but we're good to go. We're going to stay yeah. safe and follow all the CDC compliance guidelines and yeah. keep people healthy and happy. So that'll be awesome. Yeah. How you doing? We're doing well, man. Like the, what's crazy about Florida as a market is that there are so many reasons people come here. Right. And, and what we talked about, we're starting to see is, is all the people from the Northeast you know, like my dad lives in Washington, D.C. They still not allowed to go to the gym. Like gyms are still in the open, right? So a lot of those people are like, okay, if this is going to continue going like this, maybe we should move to Florida and be there for longer. So we're already getting people from the Northeast coming for like two, three months. So it's going to be it. very interesting to see how that kind of changes the dynamic of our business as it's yeah. moving through. Um, but personally, I, I don't mind the possibility of, of doing more these two to three month rentals because the headache is just half, right? Like the turnover cost is going to be half or even less, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 and on a passive level, it makes the business a lot more passive. So it could be good. It's still early, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So we always adapt. He yeah. most flexible wins, right? Like we exactly. Always about. Exactly. Awesome. So uh, today we've got a very special guest, a good friend of mine and uh, kind of an OG in the vacation rental and real estate investing space, uh, Mr. David Krauss. Uh, Dave's been in the real estate game, God, what Dave, since 2011, 2012? Nailed it. 2012. Uh, he got in starting flipping houses, uh, condos, I believe in Boston and uh, realized the potential of putting them on Airbnb early on. You know, this was really before things took off and then ended up moving to Dallas. Uh, got a place down there and everything was going great until some people threw an absolute banger of a party in his property and he got a cease and desist letter from the city 
and it triggered him to, to go out and co-found a company called NoiseAware, which most of you will know if you're in the short-term rental space. Uh, amazing company. And over the last year or so, Dave went on to go and found Rent Responsibly, which is an amazing organization. I definitely want to talk about that quite a bit today that does a lot of advocacy and outreach on behalf of us in the short-term rental industry. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Mr. David Krause. How you doing, buddy? Woo-hoo! Excited to be here. Thank you, Michael. I met, uh, I should say, I, I met Michael, I don't know, does anybody call you Michael? I met Mike uh, <laughs> in, in awesome circumstances in Puerto Rico. Uh, we were just, you know, bellying up to a bar uh, and didn't know each other at all, but realized about five minutes later that we lived like 20 minutes away from each other in, in Massachusetts at the time. And uh, one of the greatest humans I've ever met uh, knows so much about so much, but he's been a mentor of mine. Um, and I think anybody listening to this podcast, uh, just follow Mike and you'll be fine. Amen. Amen to that. That's my motto. Yeah. Follow Mike and you'll be fine. We should make a t-shirt. <laughs> that should be one of the t-shirts from the STR Secret Podcast. It should be yeah. follow Mike and you'll be fine. Um, so that's awesome. I mean, yes. I remember that happening, right? Like, I remember Mike talking about NoiseAware and then coming to that event and be like, I actually met the fucking guy from NoiseAware. And he's like, he's from Boston. I'm like, oh, shit. And it's a Boston thing. Like, as soon as you guys kind of find each other, it's just like glue. Bromance. You know, it, it, it's like finding when you're abroad, you hear an American accent. You're like, oh, that guy's American. Like, yeah. Boston kind of have that in America. Like, we... <laughs> If you go to San Diego, there's like, it's little, it's like mini Boston. It's a really, it's an odd thing. We're, we're yeah. weird. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So Dave, you want to take us back to, I know I gave kind of a high level overview, but I guess, you know, kind of give your overall rundown of how, what triggered you to even think about, you know, getting into short-term rentals, right? Because you were flipping some properties and doing some rentals. What kind of gave you the thought of, you know, Airbnbs? Yeah. So, uh, basically, you know, I'm a typical, typical story in that, uh, this kind of idea of an accidental rentalpreneur, um, those words like never, they never really were around that I had ever heard, uh, even till, you know, the last five years, I guess I was lucky enough to have that mentality of, of, uh, when I was 27, it was actually 2011, I might be off, but something like that. Um, and I was in an office environment. I was working for a company called CB Richard Ellis, which uh, for folks in commercial real estate, it's in one of the world's largest commercial real estate outfits. But I was in this outpost uh, in a small office and, you know, had the internet in front of my, me all day and just was paying attention to what was going on. And this you know, post-recession, the, mar- the real estate market's coming, roaring back. And I just said, why am I sitting in this office making, you know, X thousand bucks a year, whatever it was, and not much <laughs> to make the point. And I said, I could do a small real estate project on my own. And if I do half as well as this, you know, mini spreadsheet says I could, I would make that much in six months and live a, a life that's uh, financially free and have control of my own time and, and use my creative energy. I, I'm a relatively creative person. Um, you know, I just kind of live outside the box, if you will. So 
basically that led, you know, it's a, this industry, short-term vacation rentals is a magnet for people like me and probably uh, people like you, Mike, and people like you, E. And I think we need to recognize that and embrace it. It's people who want to control their own destiny, people who care about other people, are interested in hospitality. It's kind of in our DNA and it sorts you out if you don't have that interest. So anyways, I just followed my, you know, the, the winds that blew me into short-term rentals through a period of renovate, buying, renovating and selling condos. And, uh, and then when I landed, you know, I wanted to chase a girl back to the Boston thing, right? Goodwill hunting, I had to see about a girl and leave Boston. And uh, so I needed to get to Texas to chase Courtney. She's now my wife. And, oh, okay, so it went well. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's a happy I didn't story. want to leave the cliffhanger for too long there. Um, she, anyways, I, I needed, you know, life came at me fast. And I needed to move. And I had a condo that had a month that just needed to be filled. Instead of Craigslist, I tried this newfangled Airbnb thing. At least it was new to me. But there were plenty of people who wanted to, to stay in the north end of Boston for a month. And we, we brought a couple groups through, but I had this amazing interaction with them where they're telling me about, I remember this French couple that we were visiting their daughter who were in college. And anyways, you just kind of realize, oh my gosh, I'm like having this French, you know, cultural exchange in my own front, you know, in, in the foyer as I pass the keys to this new group and cool, you know, get a couple extra bucks and, and I'm on my way to Texas. So by the time I got to Texas, I was hooked and I wanted to be, uh, you know, the short-term rental king of Dallas and uh, made it all the way to a couple of units before, as Mike alluded to, somebody blew up my spot real bad uh, through a mini Coachella rager. I think it was SMU students. So I someday have to thank SMU students for setting me on another journey into more of a tech startup world where you just need the tools and the tricks and the processes and the software to mitigate risk. Uh, you can't ignore the fact that you are responsible for your short-term rental environment that you have created and facilitated as it pertains to your neighbors, the city, and the safety of the people in that home. That is your responsibility as the owner, host, or manager, and all of the above. And uh, so Noise Aware was born out of that. It gives you rapid awareness of, of problems. Mike, I'm sure, could speak eloquently about it as he's used it for years. And... Um, Full disclosure, Mike has been my manager of short-term rentals for, for a long time now. Uh, so I not only do I, uh, I endorse Mike, I, I have uh, partnered with him to, to work on projects. And uh, last thing I'll say is Rent Responsibly, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, is an outgrowth of this idea that Noiseware solves a very, you know, one plus one equals two solution. It's a very direct, uh, you know, if this, then that type of product. Rent Responsibly is about as complex of an organization with as complex of a, a mission and complex of a solution. Uh, and we try to make those complexities very simple by saying it's our responsibility to make sure that everything goes well in these days. And, uh, and out, out of that responsibility ownership, we have developed a lot of programs, a lot of partnerships, and we can get into that later. But you know, we're trying to solve big problems here and we have big problems. And some of them, uh, as E alluded to in Florida, you know, I was working on getting Florida reopened. Uh, people wanted to see uh, plants county by county. There's, you know, 60 some odd counties. 
and helping every county who doesn't understand vacation rentals get them mm-hmm. open. You know, those are big lifts and they take a big group of people. I'm proud to be a part of that. Yeah. And, and, and on that, um, what is funny is I want to bring up, as you kind of gave your intro, uh, two things. One was I've been in this business since 2010. So I started 2010. I used to work for a guy that had a bunch of vacation rentals. They, even, they were even called like short-term rentals back in the day. They were just seasonal rentals, right? Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is how good the industry has gotten in like optimizing, right? Because when I started, my guy was an older Israeli guy that did everything with an Excel spreadsheet and with a Word document with template emails to send responses to, right? And then mm-hmm. when Mike got in the game, and, and I learned from him, so I did that for years, right? And even as the technology kind of came along, I paid no attention. And then there was people like you that started with the noise aware, then there's the smart BNB and all this other stuff. And that's the beauty of when a good industry starts growing, there is all these other ramifications of what can happen, right? So as long as you think outside the box, you can create other things that kind of help it. The other thing that is great that you guys are doing with Rent Responsibly is exactly what you said just now, right? I brought this point up to Mike. I'm like, I don't understand how hotels that share lobby, elevators, common areas, restaurants, and everything else are allowed to operate during COVID where my apartments are individually, like individual doors. So you just walk in, you have a full-size kitchen, a full-size washer and dryer. So you technically never have to leave the place you can get groceries delivered in. We don't share AC or anything like that. How are we not allowed to be open? And my conspiracy theory head went to like, well, we don't have a fucking lobby and hotels do, right? So it's so important that you are doing what it is that you're doing. And as a seasoned um, host, I am really, really grateful that you're outside of the box kind of head that brought us noise aware is bringing us around responsibly now because it's so important. Yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. So one of the things I know about you, Dave, is just like you are amazing with people and you have a a huge network and you're deeply connected in this industry. So one of the things I want to talk about with you specifically was what is the feedback that you're getting right now is, you know, hopefully we're kind of on the tail end of this COVID pandemic you know, at least from a shutdown standpoint, you know, more and more states and counties are opening. What's kind of been the pulse that you've been getting, particularly around the U.S. right now from hosts? Sure. Um, Before I go into that, Mike, and I I really do want to go into that. E, thank you for the, for, thank you for saying, you know, we appreciate the work we're doing. I will say this, everybody needs to get involved. If you have a stake in the game, and even if you don't, if you want to travel using short-term rentals and just be a traveler and have that option in the future, you need to know that there is a role for you to play in ensuring that sustainable future. And the you know ethos at Rent Responsibly is we don't do anything that is not sustainable or has a line of sight to becoming sustainable. And that is for the whole industry. So to ease point, when, when, uh, when we started Noiseware and before that, when, we, when I started being, uh, you know, welcoming the first guest, 
there weren't the automated lock solutions. There weren't the property management software systems. There weren't the guest vetting tools like AutoHost that are they're fantastic. They're coming out now. NoiseAware didn't exist. Cleaning apps, you know, uh, InstantBook didn't exist. All these things just came to be uh, through innovation in the marketplace and innovation adjacent to the marketplace, kind of piggyback companies solving small problems. We're now in the moment where those tools exist, but I, I, I hold no, uh, I, I apologize every day for the people who have had to kind of experience the problems before these solutions existed that had to then develop the problems. But the world around us has a very negative perception of short-term rentals, but that's, over, that's because the first 10 years of growing pains caused a lot of pains. And so we're on the war path of telling the new narrative, which is short-term rentals should be a net-net huge positive to every community for a sustainable and forever future. And that's the message that we need to get out there. And it has everything to do with taking ownership and responsibility for everything that happens in, the, in our ecosystem. So soapbox over. Um, but that's, that is, I'll be saying that till for the next five years and unless and nobody wants to listen anymore or the problems are solved. Uh, I think that's, that's the message. Um, okay. With that, Mike, to your question about what are we hearing in the marketplace? I pulled some statistics together and I think most people may have heard these anecdotally, but the actual numbers really, really help tell the story. So COVID hits where, you know, the whole industry is, is flying relatively high and, and the growth has been incredible over the last decade. And what we're seeing right now is this massive, uh, almost display of flexibility. So the, if you think of short-term rentals as an operating system for a property, a long-term building has an operating system where you're typically operating on 12-month cycles and your rent rolls you know, maybe with some flexibility, it's kind of six to 18 month rent rolls, but short-term rentals have this massive flexibility built in. And so COVID hits and immediately you see everybody adjust in a way, like almost like a magnet switches polarity and folks just start facilitating and accommodating the actual demand that comes out of the, of COVID-19, which is, essential workers not wanting to go home, essential workers like nurses and doctors having to be relocated, but they need to be there for three weeks, six weeks. And so they need long, longer term, medium term accommodations. You see just, uh, stranded students kicked off campus, international travelers nowhere to go. People don't want to go home to grandma. So they find a, a, a vacant furnished opportunity. And I, as a host, experienced that too. Mike, I know you did too. E, I imagine you did too. But we studied that. 49% of people who were hosts through that period took in somebody who was essential or COVID related. That's unbelievable. Before that, it was zero. It couldn't have been, right? Half the industry on a dime started accommodating these essential travelers. So what does that mean? We're an essential service provider to our communities. Hard stop. That's one thing. That's a big statistic. Two, we don't do short-term rentals right now for the most part. We do long-term rentals in, in our world, which is, you know, a week or more. You know, sorry, that's a bad, let's just call it medium-term rentals. These, these words don't really have much weight, but the statistics do. The average stay was 3.7 nights, 
six weeks into COVID, 6.4, virtually doubled. Don't do the math, it's less, but somewhere close to doubling. And that alone, that statistic 3.4 never jumped more than 0.1% in a month. It jumped, you know, from 3.7 to 6.4. So that is just a, a brand new normal. And the last thing I'll say is uh, industry is roaring back, but it's in that form, right? The longer stays, uh, lower ADR, less turnover, um, more extensions and these kind of, uh, you know, when, when a market opens up, there's a flood of reservations. It used to be that the average booking window is way further out. All these things are just, we're, we're react, reacting to the way things are, you know, the, the state of play at that moment. But that is a really bright future. We should be standing with pride that we helped our communities through COVID-19. And I have a ton more statistics and I could go on and on, but I want to shut up. Mike, what up? What's next? <laughs> yeah, no, you, you were spot on. I know <clears throat> Ian and I did a podcast a couple weeks ago on like lessons learned from covid and one of the things that we talked about that our mentor taught us was he who is most flexible wins, right? So before, you know, my average stay was just like you said, it was three nights, okay? And then once this whole thing hit, it was like, okay, boom, I need to, instead of just throwing my hands up and playing victim, like, oh no, like this whole thing's going on. It's like, okay, cool. Who can I serve? Like you said, it was nurses, stranded travelers, uh, people that needed to self-quarantine, uh, we had an international traveler who was literally stranded for two and a half months in one of our properties. And yeah, like we gave him a good deal because I wasn't going to be a jerk and just, you know, capitalize like a savage on the opportunity. But still, it totally shifted who we were renting to. Now, over the last two weeks, as things are starting to open back up, to your point, you know, we went from having a couple inquiries a week to I just had 12 inquiries overnight for one property right? Like people are so anxious to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. And I see, and I actually just saw an article on Bloomberg on this that confirmed what my thoughts were, but I, I foresee a lot of people doing long weekends and getaways somewhere within a driving distance. Like a lot of people are still cautious to get on a plane, but they're anxious to get out of the house and just, they're like, I just need to get out. I need a weekend away. I need to just get some fresh air. And I, I see that taking off pretty heavily through the summer, which is quite frankly, perfect timing. Um, mm -hmm. so that's all I had on that. Yeah. And I think the other thing that, that it, it wasn't said, but it's the reality of our business is that in the flexibility, there is also a human element that it's missing mm -hmm. in the hospitality business, right? Up until now, which is like, we are people renting to people. We're not a corporation renting to, to people like a hotel, right? So there is the human element that makes a difference, right? There is the hospitality element that you kind of touched on earlier, which is like a lot of hosts, myself included, take a huge amount of pride in hosting people. And like to me, and this is what I tell my team all the time, we have such a huge responsibility to our travelers because they saved money for God knows how long to come on this vacation and they chose us. So there's a huge element of pride in, in what it is that we're doing. And we can level with people on a human to human level that is completely obsolete in the hospitality business or was completely obsolete in the hospitality business up until now. Right. I went to Pennsylvania a month ago and on the way up from Florida, we had to stop at a hotel. Their occupancy was, I think the girl said like 20%. So me being the businessman that I am, I'm like, okay, so like, what can you do on this rate for me? Right. 
And literally, she gave me $10 off on a 20% Occupy thing. Because there was no human. And she was like, this is what corporate allows me to do, right? So that's not, that's something that like people should be mindful of is that when you choose Airbnbs, you're not helping the Hilton chain or the Marriott chain or whatever fuck it is to grow. Most of the times you're helping little guys, right? Little guys like us, the little guy that has, you know, that we interviewed somebody last week. He has one property. He's making three times his rents thanks to Airbnb. That's who you're helping. And, and it's so I important. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I look no further than myself, right? I've now started three businesses in this ecosystem. There's probably you know, I had 30 to 40 people who are gainfully employed because of those small businesses that otherwise wouldn't exist. And beyond that, the ripple effect downstream, you know, the taxes generated, the ability to renovate the properties and keep them in good condition because there's a, a positive cash flow. I mean, th- this is the most democratic and I'm not talking about politically democratic. I'm just talking about, you know, the, the, the word as in, if you want to democratize travel, this is what it looks like. It gives everybody an equal opportunity to provide that exceptional experience to somebody else in a way that it you know has all the good and we can minimize the bad. One of the goods that you alluded to, and this is something again that I will never, uh, stop saying is that do you want the money that that person who is going to come to your town and stay in your place do you want their hard-earned travel dollar to be injected into the community of small businesses the local coffee shops the uh, local restaurants or do you want it to stay within the four walls of a big box you know uh flagship hotel where that dollar then gets siphoned back effectively to wall street. And I hate to make this like a main street wall street thing, but it's, it's, it's inconscionable that community will want that dollar to just flood out and create a system where we're flooding as much out of the community as possible. And there's a balance under three nights. I personally stay in hotels. I just think it's easier and simpler. If I have under three people, it's usually easier and simpler. If it's over three nights and over three people, bar none, I want a house. And the dollar per night, the amount we spend outside that hotel in the community, we've studied these things. It is how communities can come back and bounce back from COVID. We're in a massive economic hurt box right now. And the only way out is smart policy that enables you know, the money that is going to come into a community to stay in that community, cycle through and make up that wage gap. There's a lot of unemployment. I mean, it can, the, the, the benefits go on and on. If we can solve the problems, take responsibility and help our regulators understand our industry. And that requires getting involved. So, you know, that's why I'm sitting in the chair I'm in. Can you talk a little bit more about like the inner workings of Rent Responsibly and what the day-to-day and like kind of more holistic look of like what you know, yourself and Alexa and the team do? Sure, sure. So, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to frame this as assuming somebody is listening to this that has never heard of Rent Responsibly, and I, I don't blame you, we're new, we're trying to get more people aware, so you haven't missed anything yet. 
But if you're hearing about rent, rent responsibly now, this is what we do. So when we created Rent Responsibly, we had four pillars. There's advocate, celebrate, educate, and collaborate. So everything we do falls into one of those buckets. We advocate for the short-term vacation rental industry and the people within it, all, all stakeholders, not just hosts, owners, and managers. We advocate for guests. We advocate for housekeepers. We advocate for contractors, vendors, you name it. If you're a stakeholder, you derive some benefit from this uh, community and industry, we're advocating for you. So if you haven't yet, go to rentresponsibly.org. Just give us your email. The whole call to action here is just sign up. It's super easy. We will find out you know, when there's something up in your neck of the woods that we need you to raise your hand, sign a petition, show up to something. But that's the advocate piece. It, it, it's very tactical and that sort of thing. We have a lot of partners that we work with there. Celebrate. Celebrate is the most important thing we can do about our community. It's the most important thing. If you're not proud of the value you're creating, then you're probably just not creating enough value. And that's hard to do in this industry. You're creating exceptional experiences for travelers, helping them save money, helping you make your ends meet. There's so much to be proud about. The, the old narrative is that short-term rentals are problems. You don't want to live next to one. They're loud. They bring in all these you know, problems that, that, that will never be solved. Well, guess what? We talked about it before. Five years ago, the solutions didn't exist. They live, breathe, and exist now. We're looking towards the future. The new narrative is short-term rentals are one of the most powerful economic engines that this community, that every community should be embracing and figuring out how to harness, not hinder. Harness, not hinder. Let's find the good and keep that, and let's get rid of the bad you have a partner in Rent Responsibly if you want to celebrate that message and be a part of that solution. Educate. Folks come in and out of this industry all the time. Guests being the obvious one that are transient. We're on a war path to educate every guest, to educate every owner, host, and manager, to educate every vendor on how important and fragile the ecosystem is. One bad guest can get me kicked out of a building and lose $30,000. Obviously that led to noise aware, but that was one guest. They paid like 200 bucks. And that was the devastation I dealt with at that moment. Um, I, in jest, I say I should thank them sometime, but that really sucked. I mean, that basically, it, I got 14 noise complaints from neighbors at one event. If I had been, done a better job educating that guest, doing whatever I needed to do, and again, early days of this industry, we're not going to let that happen again. We need to educate and raise the bar. Last is collaborate. People only have so much time to, to take their eye off core business activities. Our goal is to make every hour and every dollar go 10 times farther. And that is done by us doing 90% of the lift. We just ask that people carry water for the last 10%. And that's usually in your community, introducing yourself to your local elected officials, building a business coalition, getting your cleaners involved in having them recognize their role in, in the sustainability of this industry. I mean, that, that's it, man. And all it takes call to action is just, frankly, if we can't get in touch with you, we can't help you. So just make sure you're, you end up in our system. It's free. It will always have a free path. Um, we, we have services. We don't charge anybody anything. We're just getting this thing lifted off. Please just get involved. Holla at your boy, david at rentresponsibly.org if you need anything.
Yeah, guys, it literally takes two seconds. And just again, to take a step back, Dave and Alexa and the team, they're the ones that are out advocating for us. They're the ones fighting to open up the, the counties and the cities and dealing with all the hotel lobbyists and building all the relationships with the municipalities. So quite frankly, the, the, lar- the, the bigger the organization, meaning the more people that have signed up through, noise, uh, through Rent Responsibly, it doesn't cost you anything. You just go in, you sign up, you add your name to the roster, and just by having it on there, Dave and Alexa and the team can go and say, listen, we have 10,000 members. We have 100,000 members. We have a million members. And it just gives them extra credibility, extra support when they're going out and advocating on our behalf. Like, listen, we've built relationships in all these communities with active hosts. And it takes you literally less than two minutes to go on there. I mean, so, it, it took me literally like maybe five seconds just now. Yeah. So we asked for five seconds of your time. So we're, we're just adding up all those five seconds and then we do the other 90%. I swear that is like our mantra every day is like, are we asking people to do a lot? If it's yes, then we don't ask you that because you need to take care of yours. We're, we're making this dead easy. And the other thing I'll say is I should give an example because Mike is an example. So one thing we started, and this is where Rent Responsibly started was I was like, the narrative is so effed up. If we get into City Hall and there's this battle between, you know, I hate the word NIMBY because it's like, not in my backyard. It's like, well, look, I wouldn't want a shitty short-term rental as a neighbor either. So I don't think those people are unreasonable. I think that they've just had bad experiences. We got to look towards the future and the sustainable industry we're building is not any of the things that people complain about historically because we've solved those problems and we're going to continue to solve the next problems. That said, it's people like Mike and others that we have profiled. So Alexa's background is as a journalist. She is one of the best writers I have ever read. Her and Peter Baker from the New York Times are my favorite writers I've ever read. They just, they write like poetry, but it's prose. I don't get it. It's amazing. I just love reading her stuff. And the first project we did was called Humans of Short-Term Rentals. If anybody has heard of Humans of New York, it's this really, really cool, uh, there was an Instagram handle at the beginning, but it's just a snapshot of somebody's life. You kind of catch them in the middle of the, their daily life, profile them, project it out. People are like, God, that is, that's awesome. Yeah, so we did a profile powerful. on, yeah, we did a profile on Mike. We've done about 25, 30 others. Uh, we, we are doing four a month. We're stepping it up to eight profiles a month. I think every community should have at least one person in their community profiled. So the rest of the world has a face to put on who we are, what we do, what we care about, how we benefit and how we benefit others. If we can do that, we'll be lifting up everybody with us. And uh, so check out our, our humans, of short term rentals profiles. Hmm. That is awesome. They gave me goosebumps. And I think, and I think it's also very fitting, um, again, not to make it into a political conversation at all, but it's very fitting that we're having this call, June 11, as all these things are going on around the country, right? And like, it's, it's something very similar, right? It's just like the idea of like, get to know the people, get to really see what's up and get to really understand what this business does, what this industry is, is, is all about. And like, if you know anything from the beginning of Airbnb, right, it was made with the intent of community and being open 
sharing, sharing your love for your city, sharing your love for like hosting people, sharing your love to like make friends. So literally there is nothing in the history of, of Airbnbs. I'm just using Airbnbs as an example, but overall as an industry, it's an industry based in love and sharing of experiences, experiences and like the things that you love, right? About your city and what you're about and, and just, so there is literally like if you're educated where where is the bad like where is the bad in our industry we pay taxes a shit ton of taxes we we help out contractors subcontractors cleaning people and again those are usually all small people right like even the cleaning people you usually don't hire a huge cleaning company you end up having the one lady or the two ladies that come and help you out and you're just making such a difference in everybody's life I didn't realize how many people we like employed like contractors until we did that interview with Alexa. And she was like, so how, and I was like doing out the math. It was, it was crazy. It was like 30, somewhere between 30 and 40 people that have been working for us across our portfolio. And I was like, wow, like that was, I never thought about it that way of like all the people that I was like putting food on their table because they were working like through this business. It kind of blew my mind. I had never really looked at it that way. Um, and it was just very eye opening. But um, did, oh, go ahead. I, I do have something there. There's I, I don't I don't mean to be the, like nerdy statistics guy, but at the end of the day, we, we've asked people say there's about an on average per unit for people who uh, derive some sort of consistent compensation. So your housekeeper, your owner, host or manager on down the line, there's about four to one on every single short term rental. So do the math. I mean, that's you're you're climbing towards 10 million people uh, in this country alone. On top of that, on our survey, so we did we we also traffic in a lot of data because data helps people understand the bigger picture, not just the anecdotes and the stories, but combined, that's very powerful. We did a survey of 1,400 ho- owners, hosts, and managers in the middle of COVID because we realized we had all these stories of people hosting the nurse, but what were the statistics? So I mentioned that 50% or 49% took in somebody related. We also asked to get a sense of how are these big businesses or small businesses? 89% of people have between one and five units, 89%. Where is the big corporate overlords that people like to talk about in this industry? They just don't exist. They just don't exist. Or if they do, it's a fraction. And it's us. It's I. I have one property. I, that is. This is. This is who we are. And so we. We. Uh, we're making ends meet. I mean, this is where the economy is going. You could look at every trend, and uh, it's. It's. It's unbelievable. It's worth protecting. I love that. Absolutely love that. So the the last thing that we usually ask Dave, and I'd love to get your perspective because you've been through so many different gamuts of this industry. Is is what's one. What's your one secret or best piece of advice that you would give to somebody either getting started or scaling up in this business? Have a plan. So I think what most people realize is that it sounds like easy money or it sounds relatively easy up front. The concept is not very complex. You list your property, you take the pictures, do all the listing, and then it's an if you build it, they will come, you know, field of the dreams concept. That is true. It's an efficient marketplace. But guess what? 
the world around you is not along for the ride and doesn't want to be along for the ride if you haven't thought about, you know, what ifs. And the what ifs aren't always like for me, a, a party happened. Okay, got it. That's a corner case. One out of every 200 nights results in a noise nuisance issue. Got it. That's not a high likelihood. But guess what is a high likelihood? Running out of toilet paper. Somebody gets locked out. What if, you know, the power goes down? Uh, things that just happen in every home all the time. The smoke detector has a beep. You need to be able to respond to stuff proactively. I think that's where we need to get to as, as an industry and a community is being 100% self-reliant and self-responsibility in a contained way. So I'm not saying go get all the gadgets and get all the technology, but if you haven't at least thought about it and, and at the least written down your plan for what if I need somebody to go physically to that property and I'm uh, you know, on the other side of the country, that's why I have Mike Shogren as my you know, manager. He's got a system that works. It's 24 hours a day and I have peace of mind. So get yourself to a peace of mind after thinking about things that might disturb your peace of mind. And then you're being, gosh, bless you, responsible. And, and that's, all, that's all it takes. Um, the, the other thing too, Mike, that I, I try not to ever not talk about is the Ford Model T. Yeah, because this this just I'm a, I was a history major, and I like I'm sure 99% of the people who are listening right now would say, oh yeah, Ford Model T, 1908. You can have any color you want as long as it's black. Henry Ford. That's like the Redux. Everybody and uh, an assembly line. You know, modern manufacturing. Well, guess what? This same thing that happened with the automobile is what we're going to see happen with uh, short-term and vacation rentals. And that is a very, very simple uh, sequence of events. First, you have the disruption of Ford Model T's going on the the, uh, road. Roads were built for horses and buggies. All of a sudden, you have this big disruption. It took about 20 years from 1908 to the mid-20s till you had standardized things like speed limits, crosswalks, jaywalking laws, drunk driving laws. And then not till the 1950s with the highway safety uh, regulation did the safety come way down. By the 1990s, safety, driving your automobile is 90% safer. So it took from the 20s to the 90s, 70 years, 70 years to get to the world we know, seatbelts, airbags. The frigging car out there, a Tesla, can basically drive itself. It has that mode already. Think about where we got from Ford Model T to the Tesla. Guess what? We have three, I think three years to do that with short-term vacation rentals. We are out of the 1920s with the vacation rentals, but we need to get from the 20s to the 90s. We need to do 70 years in three years to the point where it's 90% safer. And that is the mission. It's been done once before and we're going to do it again. And if America and all the rest of the people who embrace the short-term rental community, they're going to see the same lift, the same economic self-empowerment lift that the automobile did because this is travel and it's exploration and it's human nature. We're just harnessing what's good. That's all it is. We're adjusting our sails to the prevailing winds. Got to get where we need to go. You, baby. I think that was pretty good, wasn't it, Mike? That was one of my better ones. That was one of my better ones. I usually like trail off. 
I love that. That was, that was awesome. I met in Puerto Rico a little over a year ago. Um, we were out on a morning run and he was like explaining the Model T analogy to me. And I was like, that's the best analogy I've ever heard because it's, it's an early industry and it's a great comparison because quite frankly, the, the people that are impacted the most are the innocent bystanders. They're the neighbors in the community. So if, if you don't have your plan, like Dave was talking about, then you become the bad seed and all of your neighbors are impacted by that. So until, you know, we have those regulations in place that make sense and we fine tune it and we have permitting processes and legislation and regulations in place. That's what Dave and Alexa and the team are, are working on as part of the rent responsibly mission, right? It's advocating upon and before us to say, all right, what's fair, what makes sense? You know, what is sustainable? Okay. Cause a lot of, quite frankly, a lot of jurisdictions, they come out with stuff and I'm like, how could you ever police that? It's just not sustainable. Right. So a uh, huge shout out to these guys because the work that they're doing, like I told Dave uh, probably six months ago when we were in Dallas, I was like, if you have the weight of the industry on your shoulders, my friend. And I, t- I told him that point blank. I was like, when you get up in the morning, whether you are motivated or not, always think of, think of the community because if, if you don't do your job, all of our businesses could crumble to regulations in the future. And he has a huge weight on his shoulders and he wears it with pride. And he's one of the best speakers I've ever seen. If you guys catch him at a conference, he's lights out on the stage and he just has that charisma about him. And he, in my opinion, he is the perfect leader for this, this industry, quite frankly, to help go out and advocate. So again, huge shout out to you. Thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate you. And uh, yeah, Dave, value our it was such a pleasure. I mean, I, I heard a lot about you since this famous vacation that you guys took. And uh, I didn't know if it was the Boston thing or if it was actually real, but it is real. You know what I mean? And I, and I, as a seasoned host, I am very grateful that you decided to do what it is that you're doing. And I, and I look forward to supporting you in whatever way I can from my perspective. Um, and then just to remind people, Dave is at Rent Responsibly. Uh, your email, Dave, was davekraus at rentresponsibly.com. David at rentresponsibly.org. That org, that org. Mm-hmm. So if you want to reach out to him or you have something that you want to talk to, to his team about, again, the website is super easy, very, very clean. It literally takes you one second to register. Um, and, and I think the least that we can do as hosts is to take a stand with somebody that is taking a stand for us as hosts. Because when does that happen in life, right? Like all Dave is asking for is for you to get up and just say, I, I too and part of this movement, right? And that's, yeah. that's all we the, can ask the for. The thing I'll add too is, I hate the word advocacy. I think it's, I've said this before, which is if you ever wanna throw a party and you don't want anybody to show up, call it an advocacy party because it just sounds boring, <laughs> it sounds dry, sounds like you're gonna be, you know, it sounds lame. And I don't think anything we do is lame. So it's actually kind of an anti-advocacy approach, which is we're going to celebrate. We're going to like, I can't wait to throw once we can all be within six feet of each other, the world's largest party to just celebrate our community. And guess what? Anybody who's looking in on that might say, I want to be a part of that. Or like, I can't believe there's so much behind the scenes going on on that vacation I took when I rented E's, you know, house in Florida or whatever it is. 
There's so much that the world is going to embrace and come to know about us. And we need to be out there and proud. And that, at the end of the day, does the advocacy work for us. So last thing I want you to take away is like, good thing Dave's doing the boring stuff, so I don't have to. My life is so fun. Dude, I just get to play with ideas and, and cool people and do, you know, get people into a room. And it, it is not boring at all. It just is labeled as something that sounds boring. And, you know, like you said, it takes a second and we send a lot of cool, you know, we're, we're going to have, you know, there's a lot of benefits to just being on the email list and you don't have to pay a damn thing. So uh, it's super simple. The equation is not very complex. The problems are. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on here, my man. Everybody go to rentresponsibly.org, sign up and uh, make sure you follow Dave and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye guys. My pleasure. See you guys. Talk soon.